and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque, back again with another episode for you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me every week. I'm so grateful for every single one of you that actually tunes in and listens to this podcast every week and people who reach out and message me and follow me on Instagram and ask questions and all that great stuff. I love and appreciate it so, so much. So yeah, I'm currently recording this podcast while standing in my kitchen because I worked a super early shift and I'm exhausted, but I'm not letting myself sit down yet because I know as soon as I do, I'm going to fall asleep and I only have a certain amount of time today to actually record this podcast and just get it out of the way. So with all that being said, let's get into this week's podcast episode. So I didn't really do an outline or anything for this episode. I'm kind of just winging it. So bear with me. I'm going to try to not be so all over the place and ramble like I did in some of my early ep- earlier episodes. So just bear with me on this. This is actually going to be a response to um, a message that I got from one of my listeners basically asked me to do like a witchcraft 101 episode or an episode for baby witches Um, or people who are just really new to witchcraft. And of course, like I'm happy to help. That's what I'm here for. I love answering questions and helping to like guide people with this stuff. However, when someone says, can you make a episode for baby witches? I'm kind of just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like that is such a loaded question. And I get it, right? Like I understand why someone would want a witchcraft like 101 episode to listen to because when you are first getting into this stuff, it is so overwhelming because it's not like most other spiritual practices or religions or whatever you want to call it because there is, how do I put this? There are so many things that you can do and there's no rules really. There's no rhyme or reason. I mean, for certain things, there are like rules that people talk about, but even then, you kind of get to create your own thing here. And it's it's a little overwhelming when you have all these choices. But I think the key thing is to find what works for you and to figure out what, what you like and what you're drawn to. So I'm going to start by giving you guys a little bit of background knowledge on me and my spiritual practice and just start by saying, so basically I just got into all of this stuff maybe... Uh, let's see, it's 2019, so about three years ago now. So I'm still somewhat new to this stuff, but I will tell you guys that I haven't been able to get enough of it since I kind of started this journey. So for me, it all started off when my parents got a divorce. They had a really ugly, nasty divorce, and I grew up in a really Christian household where I went to church. I was super into Christianity at one point. Like I read my Bible and I went to church and I would listen to other pastors do sermons online. Like I was super into it. Like I've always been really drawn to spirituality and that sort of thing. So I was always really into that. I was like super Christian and that was just something I really, really wholeheartedly believed in for a long time. And my beliefs in that changed for a while. Like at first it was, you know, I kind of just listened to what the pastor told me. I listened to what my mom told me because my mom is also really, really Christian. And 
you know, I kind of just followed that. And then, you know, eventually I was like, well, I'm just going to have my own relationship with God and it's going to be how I want it to be. And I still like went to church and read my Bible, but I just, I kind of did what it felt right. And so when my parents got their divorce, I just saw a really, a, a lot of really ugly things sort of happen. And I saw people act in ways that kind of went against the way that they were preaching, to keep it lightly. So that really got me to question my beliefs. And I kind of hit this phase where I realized like, okay, I'm an adult now. I don't have anyone telling me I can't read books about witchcraft or I can't read books about Buddhism or Hinduism or whatever. I don't have anyone to have that authority over me anymore. I can do whatever I want. So I kind of went through this phase of spiritual exploration where I started reading about these things that I had been interested in for so, so long and, you know, was never really allowed to kind of entertain them or go into them. So I gave myself that permission to kind of find myself spiritually and to understand where my beliefs were and what I believed to be true and what I felt was right and what felt good to me. So I just, I read about a bunch of different things. For me, I guess the two things that I was initially really drawn to was Buddhism and witchcraft, <laughs> essentially. So so I read a bunch of books on Buddhism by Thich Nhat Hanh, which hopefully I said his name right. <laughs> he has a lot of really, really wonderful books on Buddhism. And that's kind of where I got started. I had a friend who kind of dabbled in Buddhism. And so when I was going through this, I asked him, I was like, hey, what are some books that you know, what are some books on Buddhism that you really like? And also I've been told, I haven't really read a lot of his stuff, but I've been told Alan Watts is another really good one to read, which he's not, I don't believe he's like Buddhist, but he writes a lot of good stuff on Eastern philosophy if that interests you. So that's where I got started. And I don't consider myself to be a Buddhist, but I did take a lot of good things from learning about Buddhism, if that makes sense. There's a lot of things that I, I really carry with me. Like one of the big things that they talk about in Buddhism is, you know, mindfulness, right? Like mindfulness is so important. When you are present in, in the now, you have so much control over your life and the things you say and you're able to make better choices. Because another thing they talk about is, you know, right action and making good choices to live a happier, more enlightened life. And it also teaches you to, so you guys have probably heard me say this on the podcast before, but, you know, one of the big quotes from Thich Nhat Hanh is, you know, no mud, no lotus, which means, you know, you don't get that beautiful lotus, you know, without having to watch it grow up through the mud because that's how a lotus flower grows is it grows in mud and it looks gross and icky. But then when it comes up to the surface and it blooms, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's kind of like a metaphor for, you know, we have to go through a bunch of shit basically to actually know what's good and what we can be grateful for and just to see how beautiful life is. So I actually, it was during this time too, right before I moved to Maine, I got a lotus tattoo on my side, which I know a lot of you might be rolling your eyes right now because it's like, I feel like every spirit, I'm not religious, just spiritual, you know, person like has like a lotus tattoo, but I have mine and I love it. It was done by an artist that I love and it holds so much significance to me because lotuses are also symbolic of spiritual awakening. And for me, this lotus really represents me finding my own spiritual path and what I find to be important. So that was where I got started with that. And then as far as witchcraft goes, I can't say I've read too many books on witchcraft, but I have read a lot of blog posts, which I know a lot of people 
probably don't think blog posts are the most credible things. However, and I get that, right? Like I understand, but I love reading blog posts because I like to hear about other people's experiences and like to see what other people do. Not that you can't get that from reading a book or whatever, but I I just enjoy reading them. So I think when I first started getting into witchcraft, some of the big things I started learning was cleansing my energy, clearing my space. And that's been the biggest thing that I like I keep with me. It's one of my daily habits that like I I'm always doing. Like I'm always using sage and Palo Santo to either cleanse myself and my aura or I use it to cleanse like my house or my space or whatever I'm in. I almost always cleanse my space if I'm doing tarot readings. I'll like tidy up and I'll I'll, you know, sage my or smudge my space or I'll use Palo Santo. Sometimes I use them in combination. I'm going to talk more about that actually in another episode, but those are things that I carry with me. And I also do things like I try to tidy up like I clean. When you clean your house or your bedroom, it changes the energy. So your energy in that room is going to be so much better when you keep things clean and tidy. So even though I'm a Virgo and I'm not really the most tidiest, organized, neat Virgo like it says in all the you know blog posts or horoscopes you might read, definitely getting into witchcraft has actually kind of pushed me to be a more neat and organized person because I love the way my house feels when everything is clean or I love the way my bedroom feels when everything's clean and organized and there's no clutter. I think clutter is the biggest thing that gets to me because, you know, I'm, I mean, everyone's, I think, sensitive to energy, but I notice that when I have clutter and stuff everywhere, I get so stressed out. So I'm really big on trying to keep everything clean and organized because of that. And yeah, I think it was, so I think what really kind of woke me up to like, oh my God, I have to cleanse my energy was, okay, I'm going to share another little story with you guys real quick. And I know I'm kind of all over the place and I was trying not to do that, but I think the biggest thing for me, and I'll never forget this, this was really, I think what kind of, kind of got my spiritual awakening, awakening into gear, really got the ball rolling was So I bought, I had just started getting into reading tarot. One of my best friends read tarot cards and I was interested and I was going through this whole spiritual awakening type thing. So I bought Sage after I got a new deck of tarot cards and I remember like reading, watching some YouTube videos and reading some posts about how to use Sage. I had never used it before and of course I was a little scared because I was like, I don't know what this does and you know, all this like witchy metaphysical stuff I was actually terrified of it in the beginning because like my whole life I was told don't use that stuff it's satanic bad blah 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 like I when I first got my tarot cards I was afraid to like take them out because I just felt like I was so worried because I was like what do you mean it it takes on my energy like my friend was telling me about and what do you mean like I can read like I was so spooked like I maybe used it like once a month maybe if that for a little while before I got more comfortable and I was like you know what? It's just a piece of paper with a picture on it. It's not a big deal. So (laughs) this stuff all used to scare me. So anyways, yeah, I bought Sage. I bought them for my cards because I wanted to have all the right stuff. Like I had a nice silk bag to keep my cards in and I had a clear quartz crystal and I got my little bundle of Sage. And so I did what I saw online. I was like, okay, I'm going to Sage myself. And I did this completely on a whim. Like I just decided to do it thinking like, haha, like what'll happen? Not really thinking anything of it. And I, I did this with the sage and I just, you know, I started at my feet, I lit it up, I brushed all the smoke like around me and then I went about my day, everything was fine. And then the next day I just had this total complete moment of clarity where I realized 
like, first of all, I felt so calm and at peace for the first time. And I couldn't even remember how long, like I didn't even know how much negative energy and muck and anger and sadness and hatred was just kind of built up within me, you know, for years and years and years. And I think it was getting especially bad with my parents' divorce and then getting into some other situations that, you know, weren't really ideal, but I had to do what I had to do. So, I felt so calm. I felt so at peace. Like I couldn't even remember the last time I felt this calm. And I was sitting in my room. I don't remember if I was meditating or if I was just hanging out, but I just remember waking up this day, the very next day after using the sage and just realizing like, wow, so I can control myself and how I react to situations, but you know, I can't control people around me. And so that was something I learned that just really like woke me up. Like it was just such a like an aha moment. And so moving forward, I did everything I could to keep my energy clean and clear and keep the space like in my room clean and clear. I was always tidying up my room. I was always saging. At one point I had salt by the windows and the doors just to keep any like negative energy from coming in because salt absorbs negative energy. And it worked really well. It worked really well because I remember you know, my fiance would come home and he would be in a bad mood. And so once I started doing this, I noticed he'd be in a much better mood once he walked into the room because the energy in the room was so good. So that was really the first thing that woke me up to be like, wow, there really is something to all of this. And so that was really just what got got me into gear. So I started doing that and I started meditating every day or at least trying to And I was reading my cards every day after that. I got really familiar with my cards. I love my cards. And then after that, I had some really weird occurrences happen. (laughs) You know, my so the house that I was living in was definitely it was really old. And there was a lot of antiques from some people who had passed away, like family relatives and my fiance and stuff. And I don't know what it was, but I started having these really vivid dreams that were really intuitive or not intuitive, but like. I would have dreams about things that would eventually happen. Um, I had dreams about like ghosts, which sounds weird, but I I had dreams about like that I was like talking to these ghosts, but I couldn't see them in the dream or anything. It was more like a feeling than, I don't know. It was weird, but (laughs) you know, there was a time like my, my cards would fall on the floor and I'd ask my fiance, Hey, did you touch my tarot cards? And he'd say no. And I would just be like, okay, but I would take note of the cards and you know, it didn't make sense then. But then a couple of weeks later, like those messages would come through to me and they would start to make sense. It just, I had a lot of weird stuff going on. So that was just, yeah, that was the beginning of like my spiritual awakening and how I got into all of this stuff. So I guess what I'm trying to get at here is my best advice to someone who's you know, a new witch or a baby witch. Well, actually, let me backtrack before I get into that. Um, I just want to make it clear. So you can technically be any other religion and still practice what's considered to be witchcraft. You could be Christian, you could be Buddhist, and you can still do these things. Um, If I'm remembering correctly, I want to say that would be considered non-secular witchcraft. If I have my definitions right, I might be wrong on that. Please don't crucify me for it. And then there are people who practice witchcraft as their religion, which are usually people who are, you know, Wiccan, which is like modern paganism. It's earth worship. They usually, I don't really know all the details. I would love to have someone on eventually to actually talk more about Wicca and paganism and stuff like that, just to give you guys a better idea of what I'm talking about. But 
But yeah, there are people who practice witchcraft as a spiritual and religious thing. And they, I think Wiccans usually worship like a god and a goddess. There's also some out there that work with, you know, like different deities who aren't always like, they're not always like there's people who follow more Hellenistic route or they work with like Roman and Greek gods. And then there's some that follow like they do work with Norse gods and goddesses. So I guess, okay, this is what I'm actually trying to say. Like I started before with witchcraft, I think it's really important to just explore everything and to really look at what calls to you because there are so many different types of witches. There's witches that really love the sea and the ocean and, you know, work with the ocean and those kind of elements or they love water. There's witches that work just with Aphrodite. There's witches that work with like there's green witches that like love plants in the environment. There's hedge witches. There's so many different types of witches. And this is where it gets really hairy. I remember seeing a blog post a while ago that was just like a giant list and was like, your witchcraft book sucks if it has X, Y, and Z in it. And I guess the thing with this whole metaphysical world is like there's so many different things that get borrowed from other things that it gets really confusing. You know, like some people get really annoyed when you kind of say that, you know, things that are from, uh, you know, shamanic cultures are part of witchcraft or when you talk about chakras or you know, whatever. And I get it because that stuff isn't really part of witchcraft per se, I wouldn't say. I mean, they can kind of, that's where the lines get blurred, right? Because like, you know, a lot of witches and stuff there, they practice divination. So they work with, you know, scrying and tarot cards and pendulums. And it gets confusing because when you ask people like, how do I develop my intuition? Well, someone might tell you, okay, well, you need to activate your chakras and balance your chakras and work with your chakras. And the chakras aren't really a part of witchcraft. However, I can say, because I've experienced this, they are really helpful when you're trying to open up to your intuition. So that's kind of where it gets confusing, right? Like, you know, there's all these things that get borrowed from other things. Same thing with with like shamanism and spirit animals and, you know, stuff like that. Like that's its own thing. And a lot of people who are interested in things similar to witchcraft tend to like to take things from shamanism. And I think it's just important to know that they're they're separate things. However, like you're still free to work with these things. Like, you know, I do a lot of chakra work. I try to meditate every day and that helps me to stay in touch with my intuition. And I think intuition is probably the biggest thing when it comes to developing your practice is following that intuition. Find out like what are you super drawn to? Like for me, I love space and I love astrology. So a lot of my practice has to do with space and working with the stars and that stuff that I love. So I think this is kind of the cool thing because there's a lot of self-discovery involved when it comes to finding a spiritual practice that works for you. And so I think the best thing is to just read as many books as you can, listen to as many podcasts as you can, watch YouTube videos, read blog posts. Like, you know, there's so much information out there and you can totally do your own thing. Like, it it really is just a fun process and you get to just kind of look and see like what calls to you, what are you drawn to and find out ways you can work with that because there's so many different ways that you can work with whatever energies you're into. So I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind here. Like, you know, it's hard because it's hard for me to even give like examples because with me, I guess I'm, I would technically be considered a non-sec, 
regular witch in a way because hey guys it's me just chiming in so I said I'm a non-secular witch. Uh, I just wanted to cut in really quickly and say that I always get secular and non-secular mixed up. I meant to say that I would technically maybe be considered a secular witch. Yeah, okay. Going back to your podcast episode, I just wanted to clear that up really quick. My my personal beliefs are so different from at least what I used to believe. And I don't even know what label to put on it because... I believe in a higher power. I believe that there is something bigger than us. I personally like to just call it the universe. Some people call it source. Some people call it God. You know, whatever label you want to put on that. And, you know, I I like to do spell work. I like to use manifestation, law of attraction things. I work with, her, you know, hermetic principles. There's a lot of things you can do. And I, I think it all comes down to it's just different ways to work with energy and to sort of I hate to use this word because it sounds ugly but manipulate energy and that's just a lot of what it is I definitely want to talk more about a lot of these things that I've kind of mentioned throughout this podcast in separate episodes because there's so much that I could say but I think my overall advice for this whole episode of the podcast is if you're a new witch if you're a baby witch whatever label you want to call it yeah, like I said, my best advice is to just look at what calls to you and what you're interested in and be don't be afraid to try everything and to read everything and to just keep an open mind and eventually you will start to develop your own sense of your spirituality and your own spiritual practice and, you know, just educate yourself. That's the best thing. That's one of the biggest signs actually of a spiritual awakening is that you want to keep learning and growing and educating yourself. So to that listener who asked me to make a video on witchcraft, you know, 101 for baby witches, I really hope this helped. I have so much, I so much more I can say, but unfortunately for this episode, that's kind of all I can get out right now. And just keep an eye out. Like I plan on doing more episodes on like specifically on things like cleansing your energy, on grounding your energy, on developing your intuition and all of that stuff because they all play their own important roles. And yeah, I would actually, I would even love to do a separate episode specifically, I can't talk, specifically on things like Wicca and paganism and stuff like that. So I hope that helped. I hope that answered your question. And I'm really excited for you guys listening. If this is you and you're just at the beginning stages of your practice, I really hope this helped to give you some guidance and some ideas on what you can do. And yeah, I am here rooting for you guys. And my email inbox is always open if you guys have questions. I would love to do a Q&A soon. So if you have any astrology-related related questions or witchy-related questions or, you know, things with your to do with your intuition or divination or whatever, feel free to send those to me because I am so happy to answer them. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did and you're listening on iTunes, please feel free to leave me a rating. And if you're not on iTunes, I would super, super appreciate it if you just share this episode with one friend this week. If you got something good out of it, that would mean the absolute world to me. And yeah, I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. And don't forget that you are so much more than your sun sign. Bye. Thank you.